Our second reading comes to us from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 10, or chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands upon her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, but not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. When I was 18, like many 18-year-olds, I went away to college. Within a very short time, about a year and a half, it became clear to me, my parents, and especially my professors, that I was not ready for college. I was not mature enough, I was not dedicated enough, and I ended up leaving school under not the best circumstances. I tried to go to community college and decided I wanted to to try my hand at the real world, and I started waiting tables, and I waited tables for about three years. And I really enjoyed those years. I really enjoyed waiting tables. I enjoyed interacting with people. I enjoyed the work. But there was one day that I despised working. And I wasn't alone. The entire wait staff at the different restaurants I worked always grumbled about working Sunday morning. And there was one reason why. Church people. We didn't like waiting on church people. It was never a good experience. Church people fresh in from church, holier than thou. And it wasn't everyone, but it was enough people that that really rubbed us the wrong way and, and, and just spoiled Sunday morning for all of us. People that looked down on us. People that would leave tips and say, well, 10% is good enough to the, for the Lord. 10% is good enough for you. Or once I looked and there was a $50 bill folded up on the table and I was so excited and I opened it up and it ended up being a fake $50 bill and it said, disappointed? You shouldn't be. I'm giving you the gift of Christ. 
And I was so upset. And I remember one table engaging me, telling me that I should not be working on Sunday, that I should be ashamed of myself because I was working on the Sabbath. And I almost lost my job because I pointed out to them that if they wouldn't go out to eat, I wouldn't have to work on the Sabbath. That the only reason we were open, we were working because we had customers like themselves. But they wanted to shame me for working on the Sabbath. The Sabbath has always been something that's complicated throughout the history of Christendom and even back to uh, Judaism. In fact, Jews today argue what constitutes working on the Sabbath. There are Jews that believe you cannot flip a light switch because that causes a spark to turn on the lights and that is constituting work where others are much more lenient. Many of you grew up in the time of blue laws when nothing could be open on Sunday, when it was illegal. I grew up during the time when businesses were open, but there was never a soccer game or a football game or a volleyball game. Any type of function outside of church on Sunday was unheard of. And those days are gone. In fact, today, 10 minutes before worship started at 9.50, some of you probably heard the doorbell, and I went and answered the door, and it's a guy with a briefcase who said, I noticed what kind of roof you have. Here's my card. Let me talk to you about it. And my jaw literally fell open. I said, are you kidding? Do you, do you know what time it is? Do you know what day it is? We're, we're about to worship. You're welcome to join us. Oh, no, I'll come back some other time. Here's my card. The Sabbath doesn't mean the same thing to us anymore. In today's scripture, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as he often did. And he sees a woman who is bent over, who cannot stand upright, just hobbling along the best she can. And she'd been stuck like this for 18 years. And she doesn't approach Jesus. She doesn't cry out, teacher, heal me. She just walks along minding her business. But Jesus sees her and Jesus has compassion on her. And he goes out to her and says, woman, you are healed. And he lays his hands upon her. And for the first time in 18 years, she stands up straight. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the energy in the synagogue, in that community, this woman who they've known as the woman who's bent over for 18 years stands up straight. People had to be excited. People had to be rejoicing for her. People had to be amazed. But not the synagogue leaders. Not the temple officials. Not the religious leaders. Instead, they want to chastise Jesus and chastise the woman. They said, this is the Sabbath day. The one day a week when you can't get healed. Six other days come and get healed then. But not today. And Jesus is furious. Jesus says, you hypocrites. I really wish Jesus was more gentle, but he wasn't. He said, you hypocrites. Would any of you on the Sabbath day go untie your ox or your donkey and lead it from the manger so it could get water to survive? 
Should not this woman who is a daughter of Abraham, a child of God, not receive the same treatment? Not receive to be untied, unbound, so she can live fully? And everyone was amazed. And the temple officials went away chastised. And they all rejoiced in what Jesus was saying and Jesus was doing. And Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. This text is interesting to me because there's three different components. The first is him reaching out to this woman and healing her. He sees this woman and he has compassion on her. We don't know if she was there to worship or if she was passing by. We don't know what her motives were. We don't know why she was there. We just know that she had been suffering for 18 long years. And Jesus saw her. And saw her as the beloved child of God that she was. And he reached out and he healed her. He unbound her. He gave her new life. And her reaction, Scripture tells us, then she went around praising God. Jesus freed her to be her full self so that she can praise and glorify God. And in looking at this woman, we have to realize that like her, we are all bound. We are all broken in some way. And like this woman, it might have been so long that we've been bound and broken that we don't even realize it anymore. That's become how we are used to living. You would think after 18 years, this woman who couldn't stand up straight learned to make adjustments. It was just part of her life. I'm legally blind in my right eye, but I have no idea that I am. It doesn't affect me at all because it's always been that way. I feel like that woman is the same way. And that's how we are with our sin and our brokenness. But Jesus comes and Jesus heals us. And Jesus cures us and Jesus makes us whole so that we can praise and glorify God and be our full selves. The second component that really struck me was the idea of Sabbath. And as I said, in the church throughout the history, there's been much discussion of the Sabbath, and that's partly because we're given two different reasons for it. In the book of Exodus, when the uh, Ten Commandments are given out, it says, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. So according to this giving of the Ten Commandments, we're to keep the Sabbath holy because God rested on the seventh day So we are to rest on the seventh day. But then if we flip to Deuteronomy, another telling of the giving of the Ten Commandments. This time it says, Obey the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. 
But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave, your ox or your donkey, or any of the livestock or the resident alien in your towns, so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. And so far it's the same. Then it says, Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore your Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath holy. So two different reasons are given for keeping the Sabbath holy. One is because God rested on the seventh day. The other is because God freed the Israelites from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. But the temple officials don't focus on the why to keep the Sabbath holy. Instead, they become so legalistic, so focused on what you should do and shouldn't do. They focus on bad people instead of bad ideas. But they don't care why the healing happens. They don't care why the work happens. But Jesus, leaning on the Deuteronomy version, sees healing as perfectly appropriate on the Sabbath. And you have to agree, if we celebrate the Sabbath because God led us out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt so that we could live our full lives, what other way to celebrate it than by healing others, by curing others, by freeing others so that they can live their full lives? And that's exactly what Jesus does. Jesus heals the woman. Jesus returns her to wholeness so that she could live her full, whole life and she could give glory and praise to God. Now to complicate this, keep the, the Sabbath holy is the only of the Ten Commandments that Jesus doesn't repeat in the New Testament. So we really don't know what to do with the Sabbath day except take the why from it. We shouldn't be like the temple officials that focus so much on the how, but look at the why. And we should implement those in our lives, that we should take time to rest, to commune with God, so that we could grow in our relationship. It doesn't have to be Saturday, which was the seventh day. It doesn't have to be Sunday, the day of resurrection, when early churches worshipped. But we should set aside time in our lives to commune with God. Time when there are no distractions, no email, no Facebook, no Twitter, no, no uh, instant messaging, no text messages, no phone calls, no internet. Time away from other people, time with scripture and with God. Time of prayer, time of focusing, time to dr- grow closer to God. We should also look to the Deuteronomy version and realize that we are called to help others be healed, help others set free. We are called to help our brothers and sisters live their lives to the fullest, to be the best person they can be so that they could glorify and praise God. And whether that's inviting them to church, whether that's helping them with their home, whether that's providing meals for the the crisis center or providing food for the food bank. We are to build those in our community up. We are to help them be healed 
so that they can give glory to God. And in doing so, we draw closer to God. We enter into a fuller relationship with God. I earlier said that I wish Jesus was more gentle when he spoke to the temple officials, when he called them hypocrites. Because I made the mistake this week that I try to avoid so often. And I slip up every once in a while. I really try not to, but I read the comments section on an internet article. And this was a political article, and I just delved into the crazy and the madness and the sniping and the hatred that is the internet comment section where people are free to say whatever they're thinking. And so often, it doesn't matter what side the person is on, it dissolves to insults instantly. And Jesus is confronted, and yes, he starts with an insult, although it's true, he says, hypocrites. But then he moves into an educational opportunity. He gives them something to think about, a reason why he's doing it. He says, do you not untie your donkey or your ox and lead them to water on the Sabbath? How is this different? How is this not unbinding one of God's creature so that they may live life? And we see that, yes, Jesus came to heal people, but he also came to heal institutions. He came to heal society. He wasn't just reaching out to the people. He's reaching out to the religious leaders that informed the people. He's reaching out to them so that they may find God and draw closer to God. And that when they instruct the people, they won't be leading them astray. And this is something that's important for us as a church to remember. That we don't have all the answers. That we stray, that we misunderstand God's word. That we need to listen when Christ instructs us and follow Christ faithfully. Whenever we observe the sacrament of communion here and the bread goes out, I have you eat the bread individually, symbolizing that individually we're committed to Christ. But it also shows that individually we need Christ's healing. I have us drink of the cup at the same time, symbolizing that together we are the body of Christ. But it also shows that as the body of Christ, as the church, we are a broken institution and we need God's healing and God's salvation as an institution just as much as we as God's people do. And that's what Christ came to do. Christ came to heal individuals, and Christ came to transform institutions. Christ came to build us up so that we can live God's life to the fullest, And came to transform institutions so that we could build up God's kingdom here on earth. And there are six days when he could do curing and healing. But he does it all on seven. Because he recognizes the truth in God's word. The intention behind it. Yes, we are to keep the Sabbath holy, but we are to do so so we could grow closer to God and so that we could build others up so they could grow closer to God. Just as God rested and God freed God's people from bondage. 
And that's what this text is all about. So if you take anything away this today, first, if you go out to eat afterwards, be nice to your server. Tip well. Remember that we are the church of Christ wherever we go. And if we go out to eat, we represent the church to people that aren't in church this morning. And you might be the only church, the only Jesus they get on that morning. If you go remembering that Jesus brought us and came so that we could be healed as individuals. But also so that we could build others up. Whether it's our server at the Olive Garden. Someone in our community we need who needs clothes on our back. Flood victims in Ellicott City or Louisiana. People in broken homes in North Carolina. Or wherever help is needed. We are called to unbind people from whatever it is that weighs them down. That keeps them from standing up straight. So that they could live the life that God calls them to live. And so that they can glorify and worship God to the fullest. Amen.